Hi guys, welcome to Coffee with Carter and Carrie on Unsafe Space. Today is May 9th, and if you guys aren't already following us, you can follow us on Unsafe Space at YouTube and subscribe there. We're trying to, we just cracked 600. If we could get to 601 today, that would be amazing. <laughs> um, what do you think, Carter? I think we're past 601. Oh, uh, I'm- <laughs> Yeah, we have we have uh, bigger goals than that. I think our goal, I think we were trying to get to like 650 by Monday. I don't know if that's going to happen, but uh, <laughs> we're at 601 right now, according to what I'm looking at in front of me. Yeah. Uh, cool. I don't know that we'll get to 650 by Monday, but we're going to try. Uh, we'll and you try. can help us. So, Carrie. Yep. What do you want to talk about this Thursday? <laughs> um. I was thinking about it ahead of time. I, I don't, I hope that sometimes I feel like we have, we talk about bad news and then, and then we leave here in a bad, I don't know, leave a bad taste in people's mouth. Maybe. Do you think so? I don't know. Yeah. But not, but, but there's so much bad news. What, uh, <laughs> uh, what do you have good news or are you just well, saying that to make us feel No, worse? I just was saying, so we did our kafefe yesterday, but I hadn't, at that time, I hadn't yet read about the school shooting that had happened the night before, the day before in Colorado. Yeah, I hadn't either. Yeah. So I started reading about that yesterday, and um, I just had, I, I saw people, dis, some people discussing online. It's the same conversations that happen every time. And my thoughts on it are, there are definitely some some things that I think are common sense gun regulations that we could do that you and I probably disagree on. Um, sure. I know we. Yeah, I know we disagree on reporting mental health records. States having to report the mental health records to yes. uh, NICS. But um, there's probably a couple more that we might disagree on. However, I do not agree at all with a gun ban. I'll never agree with any type of, like, any gun ban for any semi-auto. Um, and, and I think people focus there to the exclusion of the real problem. Hold on one second. <laughs> Okay. I, I forgot I have to hold this little dog or he's going to whine the whole time. The diaper dog. Yeah. So just let me hold him. <laughs> um, so you were saying um, we focus on this, the exclusion of other things. Yeah. Because let's say you ban all guns. That doesn't address why these kids are shooting up their schools. Right? Like that's not addressing this phenomenon and it does nothing to solve the underlying problems and it's 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 i think it's more of like a cosmetic thing about making yourself feel good like like you look at something that you don't know how to fix and then you say well let me take the guns out of it and i've done something no you haven't done anything the harder thing is to figure out why kids are doing this and i think that's a much harder question and i think it has to do with like changes in society. I think it has to do with like a nihilism that's being promoted. And I mean, a lot of things I think it, it, it involves, but um, I, I think focusing on the guns is just, it's, it's, um, it's a way to avoid looking at the real issue, if that makes sense. No, of course. Um, it's some, at some point I want to do a show about weaponized empathy. Uh, but 
yeah, it's a, it's a way to kind of be, demonstrate that you feel. Um, because the implication is like, if you don't want to just do the, so there's like the immediate visceral reaction that like a child would have to something like, Oh, I like, I don't want to get a shot. Therefore no shot. Right. Like, or whatever it is like the, and I'm not talking about gunshot. I'm talking about reaction of like, I don't like this pain. Therefore that thing is bad. And, um, and we should ban it. And that's just the adult version of it. Like, I don't like people getting shot and, uh, therefore, we should ban guns without any thought beyond, like without any thought about like what that means, whether it's practical, whether it's actually right, um, what the real reason for it behind behind any of it is. It just it just like you're saying, just makes them feel better um, to say ban guns. And you know, just as a practical note, um, banning guns. Uh, first of all, there aren't more guns now than there were in the past like in high schools used to have rifle clubs and stuff so if you're not at least asking the question what changed Mm -hmm. you're being disingenuous like something changed um i mean yes there are more guns because more things get manufactured but there's more people and like per capita like we've had about this many guns for a long long time um why suddenly is this happening? I don't want to say suddenly, but why has this been on the rise? Um, and that's a that's a real that's a real difficult question, but it's the right question to be asking, not just looking at the weapon they're using. And you know, if the war on guns goes as well as the war on drugs, uh, you're not really going to get rid of them anyway, especially with 3D printed guns. Now, by the way, I just have to show this. So this is this is related to this. This is a moment of silence for all freedom-loving people. Uh, what is this? Police raided a home in L.A. and found more than a thousand firearms. So all these precious guns are wow. are gone. They're out of our hands. They'll probably be destroyed or stolen by ATF members to go play with. Um, I don't. What, I don't know what this is though. Your weapons. These are the huh. I don't know what this is though. Why did they raid this home? And why oh, I think they- it was legal. I, I mean, I, I imagine it, it, it wasn't clear, but it looked like there was like illegal gun running that was happening in the uh. rest of the guy. Um, <clears throat> why there's such a thing as illegal gun running is a separate issue. Um, but uh, yeah, just, it's still a moment of silence uh, for, for people who love, <laughs> love guns. It's very sad to see all those guns go to the ATF. Uh, who is the enemy. Um, but uh, yeah, I, it's not about guns. It's, it's, about, it's about the psychology of kids. Um, speaking of psychology of kids, oh. you know, Carrie, maybe well, this the- great segue. Oh, wait, no, we can't segue yet because there's one more thing to be said about the shooter, I think. No, I have more things to say. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just say about, no, no, so I was looking this up. Um, I think it's really sad because nobody cares, but nobody seems to care about what the real underlying problem is. And, you know, there are kids who are having to act as heroes. Now there's a kid who died. Yep. Of course, who had to act as to try and fight this person off. Um, and talking about the underlying problems, it's like the, the, there's this guy I was looking up cause I was trying to remember who it was. There's this guy, I read this, this thing in the, I think it was the New Yorker a while back, a year or two ago, maybe. I'm not sure how old it is, but it's Malcolm Gladwell. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he talks about riot theory, which have I talked to you about this before? No, you have not. So riot theory is this idea that um, everyone has a threshold at which they're willing to join a riot. <laughs> so there are the oh, people. Oh, you have who, talked about this. Right. But, language, but keep going. I think this is good. I don't know that you've talked about it on air. Oh, yeah, I don't think I have. No. So the idea is that riot theory is that everyone has a different threshold for this kind of group violence. So some people are a threshold zero. And there's just a very few of those people. And those people are the people, the first person to throw the rock, right, in a riot. Then there are some people who, there are more people who are threshold one. Once they see some people throwing rocks, then they're willing to pick up a rock and throw it, right? Then there are people who are like threshold two and three and what have you, all the way to like people who are the most reluctant to engage in that type of violence. They probably have some type of limit at which they would get involved as well, right? right? Some type of threshold at which. So he has been talking about riot theory, if I'm recalling this correctly, as it relates to, and people can look this up, and I didn't find the article as I was just looking, but he's been talking about riot theory as it it might possibly relate to school shootings and kind of looking at shootings in the same way where you have maybe a certain number of people in the population, disturbed people who are willing to commit a mass shooting and suicide, who have a threshold of zero, very few of those people. But if one does it, and Columbine was the first one that got a lot of attention, media attention, um, if one does it, then there are those people who are a threshold of one who are going to be, it's going to plant something in their head. And it's going to make them probably more likely to do something that they never would have considered doing before. Mm-hmm. And then if you get enough of those threshold one people doing it, it becomes common enough, then you've got some threshold two people who might join. And so I thought that was just a really interesting way of thinking about it as spreading, spreading like a, um, a virus of, of some kind almost. And yeah. And the media, the media is, I know you and I have talked about this off air, but the media is complicit in this. And I don't know what the answer is because obviously you don't want to say, well, journalists can't report on, on mass shootings, <laughs> but the media attention is, is you almost can't separate the two, like how it's related. And there's got to be some type of compromise. I mean, I, I, sometimes they just, they believe, they go on and on about these things. They stay on this topic for too long and it, and it becomes, it becomes a way that a kid who feels bullied or ostracized or feels resentful or angry can get revenge. That's what the kids, the kids in this situation did. They would, so far, at least I saw the only motive they said is that these kids want to, it's two kids that they wanted revenge. Um, they don't fit the the mold, by the way, of the shooter that the left likes to talk about. So we probably won't see as much media attention on them. I don't, I'm not saying that's good or bad, but uh, one of them, he's he's like a drama student. He has like pink hair and post, has posted some anti-Trump stuff. Not that that's related at all. It just tells you he's he's not the, they can't just immediately go to right wing white guy. Right. Right. And then the other person whose name they haven't released is a, because this he's 18 and the other person's 17, a minor, um, is a trans boy. So a biological girl who is in the middle of transitioning to a boy, which I think this might be our first trans mass shooter, but, um, but yeah, they, they don't fit the, they don't fit. They can't go straight to, they always go straight to toxic white, you know, male shooter. They go straight there immediately. But if it's someone like this, they don't know what to say. So they don't really, they're not going to talk about toxic trans, genderism or you know I don't know is the thing but yeah yeah 
but they will. Yeah. Oh, I think the point you were going to. Go ahead. I think, I think what you're bringing up was that, yeah, the trans, I did see that here's what the SJWs are concerned with on Twitter, that this shooter, that this mass shooter is being misgendered in the press. Like that's their concern. Right. Okay. But yeah, because that's the important thing is misgendering your mass shooter. So back to the, the Malcolm Gladwell thing. So there is here. So I found this article. Um, let me, let me put it up. So I, this I think summarizes partly what you're saying. Um, Malcolm Gladwell says the school shooting epidemic is like a slow moving riot. Um, yeah, that's it. What if the way to explain the school shooting epidemic is to think of it as a slow motion, ever evolving riot in which each new participant's actions make sense in reaction to and in combination with those who came before. I think that's an interesting theory. Um, I would argue that uh, in a riot, you, you don't have time to stop and be rational and consider your behavior. Um, and so I'm not sure that the slow moving riot dynamics would be the same as a regular riot. Um, like if a right, if you imagine a regular riot slowed down, like someone throws a rock and I see them throw a rock, but I, ha but then the riot breaks up and we reconvene in a month. Do I still want to throw a rock? Like, I don't, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> So I'm not sure. I, I do think that it's easy to say that culture has something to do with this stuff because um, that's a very broad statement. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think, I think the answer does lie in culture. Um, and, you know, you were talking about the school shootings being publicized or mass shootings being publicized generally, you know, um, because I'm an old guy, I listen to older music and uh, I was listening to, uh, the Dirty Laundry song by um, Don Henley. You know that song? Uh, people love it when you lose. They love dirty laundry. You know that that song? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know that song. Okay. So I was I was listening to it, and my daughter's at the age where, um, I mean, she's listened to a lot of music with me as she's grown up, but she's starting to really apply um, her concepts and understanding of the world to the meaning behind songs. And so she's starting to ask like, well, what do they mean by this? And what are they saying? And what are they talking about? And why are they talking about that? And, you know, um, thank God I don't have her listen to modern music. <laughs> They're talking about doing drugs and you know, having orgies. Um, but uh, not that old music didn't have some of that too. Um, anyway, uh, I, uh, we got into a discussion about this because in this song, um, he's talking about the news media loving conflict, like loving anything they can sensationalize, right? Um, and he, I think he talks about uh, an anchor like reporting a plane crash with a glean in her eye and that kind of thing, because um, people love it when you die. Like they love the bodies and they love they love that stuff. Um, and the reason that the news loves it is because we love it. Um, it gets them ratings. Um, and so when, when we're in a society that responds by obsessing over mass shootings, um, then the media, yes, they, they play a role in pushing it, but they're pushing it because you click, they're pushing it because you care. They're pushing it because they sell more ads and get more airtime, um, or, you know, more eyeballs because we are obsessed with school shootings. And, and mass shootings generally. And why is that? 
I don't know. That's another deep question. But like, I, my point is there's an onion that need the layers need to be peeled back here. And, um, I, there is clearly a lot of built up. I would say there's a lot of pent up angst in society. Um, no matter what side you're on, people feel like something's going wrong in society and, and feel increasingly isolated. And, uh, and there is this kind of, um, non-thinking sensationalism by the news like even when they pretend to do in-depth reporting on something it's it's in it's not in depth i mean it's like you know they took the outer skin of the onion off right they didn't do their version of in-depth is very surface level people Mm -hmm. don't have real discussions discussions often i mean and this is kind of related to what you're saying about gun bans discussions end at a very um brain dead emotional level do you like shootings no then you should ban guns and if you don't want to ban guns you're an evil mean person who likes shootings that's the end of my thought process no one's willing to like sit down and really dive into it you and i disagree with each other about some of the the gun stuff but you know i don't think that you're an evil person because you have a disagreement with me about it and it doesn't mean that i'm not willing to have a deep conversation and we don't have to do it right now but we could have a deep conversation about why it is that we think those things and really dig into that and try and solve the problem but that's not what happens at all in in society right now and so i guess my point is just the the problem is 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 cultural and like you can't you i don't think you can separate one thing from another you can't separate culture from the behavior of people in that culture you can't say like oh why are they doing this i want i want some easy answer which is ar-15s or video games or whatever or bullying or trump those aren't the reasons right culture is much more complex people's lives are more complex than that so who is i have a question for you let me see if I can articulate this the right way. Um, so you have politicians who make this worse by running on anti-gun platform or whatever, right? Which is not going to fix the real problem. And they, I, I believe they, they uh, are using, they're using this issue to, in a way that I, I just, to get votes. Do you know what I mean? And, right, but and they would only, again, with the politicians, I hate them, but they would only use it if it, worked right it works you're right so so the politicians are not the ones who and it's not their job as the government anyway to address what is wrong what's happening in this country like what is the underlying illness or sickness right Mm -hmm. um we always i think we tend to look towards politicians for answers for everything and some things that are i'm just starting to realize some of those things are not within their sphere of responsibility anyway we don't need the government to figure this out for us well, be careful. You're starting to red pill yourself. <laughs> really, I don't know what that means. But <laughs> it's maybe black pill. I don't know. Yeah, so many different red pills. I don't know which is yeah. But um, so who are the leaders who should be who we should be looking to to address this underlying illness? Because I have a, I have the beginnings of an idea, but my idea is rooted in being a new Christian about who those people are. So what would you say as an atheist? Like who are the people we should be looking towards? Well, I don't think you're, I don't think you're actually that far off with, with your bringing up Christianity. I think the problem is philosophical. Um, 
And I mean, I, you know, I, this gets boring. So like, I don't know, people don't want to hear this on a Thursday morning, but like, this isn't boring. This is the most interesting conversation we've had. It gets boring to other people. I, I'm okay. fascinated by it. Um, <laughs> I, the problem really is philosophical. We, um, we never really fully embraced um, the values and ideology, the ideas, not ideology, uh, the ideas of the enlightenment. We never really fully embraced them. And we gave away um, the torch of philosophical thought um, to, and, and I'm talking like literally in universities and, in, in, you know, philosophers in universities, we handed them, we handed the torch to, um, people who were not bought in to the enlightenment, um, whether they were atheists or not, uh, you know, Hegel wasn't an atheist, but certainly did a lot of horrible things philosophically. And the problem is we were busy building roads and railroads and inventing stuff and building an economy. And I say, we, I just mean everyone who wasn't a philosopher. Um, and so it was pretty easy to ignore the the quirky philosophy department dudes and like, yeah, whatever they're, they're, they're reading some guy named Marx, who the hell cares or whatever. I don't know, right. I mean, there, no one's, no one cared. Um, and it's because no one cared about philosophy. And this is why I think Christianity is related because obviously uh, religion um, and philosophy are closely related because no one cared about those things. Um, it festered and it didn't, it didn't stay in the philosophy department. Right. It, it indoctrinated philosophy students who went out in the world and, and spread mostly through the humanities because very few philosophy students, you know, end up being engineers, right? Um, it spread and it became, they became teachers and then they went into other academic departments and, and things started to get influenced. And, you know, n only now when it's starting to infect things that are more obvious to lay people, like when they're jumping out saying like, there's not true that there's two biological sexes. Suddenly we're like, oh my God, science is under attack. Science has been under attack this entire time, but we just don't view those other things as having scientific basis. We don't view anything else as, as needing to con conform to rational thought, but all of it needs to conform to logic and reason, all of it. And what happened was we were like, yeah, yeah, the humanities can be irrational and crazy and stupid and that's fine. Uh, just don't bleed into the sciences. That's not how it works. Mm -hmm. um, if you if you let them, because they create the culture. So if they create a culture of irrational, emotion-based beings who look to the state to solve every one of their problems and shoot up schools when they're angry or whatever it is, if you if you create a culture of that, you're not going to have science for long. It's going to bleed into science. Someone's going to say, I don't identify as male or female, therefore there are more than two sexes. Biologically, science is wrong. Someone else is gonna say, uh, you know, reason is a tool of oppression by white people. You know, people are gonna, they're gonna start having, uh, quote, debates where um, they, you know, freestyle rap about emotions and that's, that's the debate. Um, so, I mean, all that stuff, all that stuff is gonna happen. Um, and this, none of this is surprising if you saw it earlier and you know where it's coming from. But we're, I think if we react to it um, like the gun grabbers react to school violence, which is like at a very surface level, the gun is bad, grab it. If we react to it by saying, 
oh, well, um, just this latest manifestation of social justice is bad, but everything before that was, things were fine then before. That's not true. They weren't fine then before. They were laying the groundwork for all of this. And the only way to solve this, ultimately, I think, is how you raise your children. You need, like, we need to relay the groundwork. It will take generations, but we need to relay the groundwork of kids who are raised to be um, rational and understand and appreciate enlightenment values and and fight for them as they move forward in their lives and grow up. And that's going to take several generations. It took several generations to get here. Um, there's no magic. There's no magic button um, to fix it, um, which so, is why parenting is very Im- important to me. I don't talk about it on the show very much, but uh, if I had more time and resources, energy, I'd have an entire show about parenting because I think it's <laughs> an important subject. So. Well, I think I, I definitely agree with you on what the, so one of the solutions is, which is to raise healthy, well-adjusted kids. Absolutely. I guess my question is more of like, where are the thought leaders? So as a, as a new Christian, I would say, where are the ones in the church, right? Because, and, and I, I'm not that familiar with, I've, I'm just now learning about uh, this whole split where people are in are criticizing big evangelism versus, I don't know. I'm, I'm still learning stuff, but I think this is why Jordan Peterson became popular and why someone like Sam Harris became popular. So those are not, they're not in the church, but for the secular world, that's like, they are speaking the same values. Right. Um, Right. A lot of these guys in the, and they're speaking these values, even though it's not popular to speak those values now personal responsibility who's preaching about personal responsibility <laughs> you know right. um i i don't know I, I i guess i'm answering my own question i was just wondering if you think because i started the, I, I was like i don't know who the leaders are thought leaders are but then as you're answering i'm thinking okay yeah it's probably these guys who are pushing the who are who are um encouraging the same the same kind of values that you find within christianity but maybe not necessarily doing it at, you know, within that, within that religion. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, Christianity or not, uh, I mean, obviously I'm an atheist, so I'm, I'm in the not Christianity camp. Um, but uh, I think it is important to separate and, 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 you know, I, I know a lot of Christians don't like this message, but Christianity is not the answer. It can, it's not the whole answer, even if it's part of the answer, which I don't think it necessarily is. I think it's credited with some things that it deserves as being good and helping move us to this direction. I don't think it's necessary to move forward at all. But even if it were, it's certainly not the entire answer. And the reason it's not the entire answer is you can look out at the world and you can see that like, well, there's been a hell of a lot of Christians who were not on board with enlightenment values. And like, like, that's not... It's just like well, that's, atheism that's is not because, the answer either. Like, there's a hell of a lot of communist atheists. Like, absolutely. neither one of those is a complete answer by itself. I would separate Christianity from God. I don't think Christianity is the answer. I, but I do think God is the answer. And, sure, but we I, don't I have that. to go there. No, I, I get that. Um, <laughs> I, I get that. But my my point is like, um, you're saying, well, there's no we're the Christian leaders. Um, and and my point is, this is it transcends Christianity. Um, I think Christianity had a lot to contribute and I don't want to take that away from Christianity and it had a lot of to contribute to the building of the West. Um, So certainly that's important, but uh, it's not just Christianity. Um, And so I think a lot of Christian leaders, this is, this is the fallacy of thinking like, Oh, they agree with me about Christianity. Therefore they're good people. Like 
no. Uh, I think most of the Christian leaders have probably been there. They fall, have fallen to convergence or they were never really on board or didn't really understand. And that's the, you know, Christians, their, their expertise is not a lot of Christian leaders. Their expertise is not in philosophic thinking in morality and ethics and, you know, actually answering philosophic questions. That's not, that's not their domain. Their domain is the Bible and that's fine. Uh, but that's not the same thing. You're absolutely right about like this illness is Christianity's not immune to it. This illness that we're talking about, that's the society's illness is moving. As we've said before, we want to do an episode about it, but it's moving into the churches. Um, Interesting. I think this is, I, I could talk about this forever, but I know we have to wrap up because we're going. I can over. talk about it forever too, but we're, <laughs> well, yeah. I'm pretty sure we'll bore everyone. I'm not sure. I'm not I, sure. Maybe, do you maybe guys think wrong. this is boring? Let's do a poll. Do you think this yeah, is yeah. boring? Tell us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should we be talking? Should instead we talk about, uh, cause we were the alternative uh, to this discussion. I don't know, I'll find the image for you just to leave you with this lovely image. The alternative was to talk about Des- Desmond. The 11-year-old trans stripper that is being worshipped by uh, Converse now, who is uh, featuring. Let's save that for tomorrow. Yeah, uh, we could. So we could end on rainbows and 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 trans kids who strip for uh, their. I don't want to say a living. I'm sure their parents are behind it, just like the horrible uh, pageant kids. But um, so, what do you want? You want more fluff like that, or do you want? Uh, we can. That's not fluff though. That's, that's related. That's all a part of the same okay. conversation. It is yeah. all a part of the same conversation. It's just that it's a very, this particular part of the conversation we're having today is, you know, about malaise and cultural nihilism. And but see that that's a part of that. Um, You're right. You're right. I don't think this, no, I think what you should have said, the alternative is to talk about one of my friends on some, he, he wrote last night, he was like, I think you're becoming too obsessed with this stuff. <laughs> I'm concerned about you. So the alternative is to talk about what he talks about all the time, which is films. He's a big film buff. Let's talk about the Avengers Endgame. And by the way, I like this guy. He's great. I, but but I, but yeah, you talk about what you want to talk about, sir, which might be films. I don't necessarily want to talk about movies all the time. Right. This is much yeah. more important to me. So yeah, anyway. Yeah, no, it's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Western civilization's burning around you, but you, you know. Let's talk about talk the about Avengers. The use of metaphor <laughs> film that you like. That's great. <laughs> so, all right. Well, on that note, I think we should wrap up, Carrie. Um, we'll be back later today uh, for Deprogrammed at 11 Pacific. Uh, one o'clock Texas time. Texas time. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Oh, wait. Subscribe. I'm supposed to say subscribe. Subscribe. subscribe on YouTube and tell all of your friends to subscribe. And uh, if I could figure out a way to guilt you emotionally into subscribing, I would totally, totally do that right now.